Well, hello and welcome today as uh, we venture to Carlsbad. We've got Carlsbad, Carlsbad. A definitive area for our film. Well, it's still vague to me. Because... Yeah. Does, is there a Carlsbad? Did you look? No, no, there isn't one. Carlsbad, okay, is uh, two, we see, is two kilometres from Castle Dracula. Yes. But in Dracula, the two places mentioned were Klausenberg and Karlstadt. No Carlsbad. Carlsbad, yeah. This is um, very much like the universal horrors in it where the stuff would move about. Um, the continuity is nightmarish in this one especially and then just gets worse with the Dracula series. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of questions about where Castle Dracula is in relation to Carlsbad, in relation to the plot when we get to it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I have tons of questions about yeah. uh, everything to do with this film. This is a, a film, we, we've said before, this is one we remember an awful lot because oh, BBC yes. yeah. would show it an awful lot, wouldn't they? Yeah, um, it seemed to be the one Dracula film that... I, I got a feeling there probably was some rights issues with Dracula, and then this was the only other one that they could show on a tea time slot because there's not really, you know, with a couple of judicious cuts of blood, there's nothing really uh, hammer-esque about it, is it? It's much more traditional mm -hmm. sort of uh, universal-style horror film. So I think that, that possibly might be why the BBC showed it so much. But yeah, for me, this was Dracula. This was Hammer's Dracula when I was growing up. I didn't see uh, Dracula, the first one, 58. Mm. Um, until VHS days. Cause it just never got shown. I remember it fondly when I was younger, but I don't know if it's just because I'm older or I've seen an awful lot since then, but I watch it now and I really don't get the love there is for this film because there's a ton of question marks. This is such a silly setup, silly premise, and there's so many stupid things that the characters do. Um, yeah, I, I, I sort of agree. I, I still have love for this film, but I also can recognise it's horribly flawed in a lot of places. Um, watching it this time, because you know, we, we, it's, it's a regular thing we say that when you're watching something for the podcast, you're not watching it like a normal viewer. You're no. looking for everything. You're re rewinding stuff. You're, oh, let's listen to that. Let's do that. And in this one, I mean, the sheer number of continuity errors is astounding. Mm. But also, I there's certain things in it. Like, I I think Christopher Lee is awful in this. Mm. Um, and now I know he hated it, and he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do any of the Dracula ones after Dracula. Um, <laughs> and there's obviously the the, the myth of... Uh, when he saw the script and the lines, he refused to do them. And so he played it with no lines, which is bollocks because it was always written with no lines. Um, but there's some scenes where he's putting either no effort in or mugging for the camera. It's embarrassing some of yes. those faces oh, he pulls. Unbelievable. It's like there's one where he's meant to be scared by the cross. And it's like you would do in a kid's pantomime. It's, you know, Alexi Sale was a more convincing vampire in The Young Ones. <laughs> um, Flapping his arms I, as he comes yeah. in. So I wonder if he was consciously 
doing a shitty job uh, in this one, um, which is it, it, it is a real shame. And I, I, I never used to agree with his sentiment that it would have been better with Dracula speaking. I always thought, no, no, I love this. It's an animalistic Dracula. And then watching it this time, it was like, yeah, mm. no, it's not, is it? it? It really, there's there's a vacuum at the center of this film. Uh, and it's Dracula himself. And it's the title character. Yeah. yeah. Um, that is the floor of this film. Yeah, the floor of the film. Because everyone else is great. I love all the other characters. Well, I adore Barbara Shelley in this, and I adore Andrew Keir in this. Yeah, Andrew Keir, Father Sandor. He is, I think, one of Hammer's best own creations that wasn't adapted from anything. He, I would love to have seen a, a, an adventure series with him. Can you imagine him in like a Kolchak style series where every week he's investigating, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a mythological creature or something. And why didn't we ever get a Van Helsing Sandor team up? Yeah. Yeah. That would yeah. have been astonishing. They, uh, they've missed a trick there. They missed a trick with Captain Kronos not to continue yeah. him as well, you know. It's such a shame. Yeah. I mean, now you would. If, the, if, if, if this was happening now, you would because, like with the Marvel TV shows and that and the Star Wars TV shows, it, there's, no, there's no, no sort of uh, bias against doing a TV version. <coughs> oh, my throat just went dry. Um, so I think we would probably get those shows, but I love Andrew Keir in this. He has got so much presence uh, and i really love the fact that even though we don't get to know them much there's there's so much character building in the four uh, english people that when when they do start dying off it's a shock it's like oh, i didn't want them to die mm-hmm. really yeah. you know unlike normal hammers where you you generally want the main cast to go that's part of the appeal and it's like oh come on let's see this guy get picked off um so i think it's a it's really strong in some areas and really, really bad in others. Yeah. And um, this is specifically, specifically why when we created this podcast, I wanted for us when we um, vote on the adversary at the end, we do design and effectiveness. Because I knew, yes. especially with Christopher Lee's Dracula, those numbers are going to vary from film Ooh, to film, you know? just, yeah. Aren't they but just? as is usual... Um, on this show before we start talking about the film behind the scenes and yes. just like before out i whipped my jimmy sankster book again because yep. yeah Whip I, it I, out. i've whipped it out it's in my hand right now it says this is a very long, lengthy uh quote and i've still got my cold so apologies if i can't get through it in one go so he says after the first dracula movie hammer had asked me to do a screenplay for a sequel this i did calling it revenge of dracula the mixture pretty much as before with Chris Lee and Peter Cushing reprising their original roles. Then for reasons unknown to me at the time, they decided to go with Brides instead. That was okay with me, another writing job, another payday. As for the reasons for shelving revenge, you can take your choice. One theory is the unavailability of Chris Lee, who had decided that now the Dracula part had made him a star, he didn't want to do it again. Another theory, in complete contrast, is that Hammer didn't, in fact, want Chris in the movie because they figured he wasn't a big big enough star. This I don't go along with. A third theory is that they were worried how to bring Dracula back to life after the finale of the first movie, where he dissolved into dust. I can't go along with that either. I'd brought Frankenstein back to life. What was the problem with Dracula? Anyway, I'd already worked it out in the script. The same resurrection as was to be used later in Lust for a Vampire. 
But whatever the reason, my original script was shelved and Hammer went ahead with Brides. Now, six years later, they took Revenge out of the bottom drawer, dusted it off and gave it to me for a couple of rewrites and a polish. Get rid of Van Helsing and conjure up another vampire hunter. I guess Peter Cushing was working elsewhere. Right? Okay. That's the first I, bit. I sort of agree with a lot of what he's saying there about the reasoning. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That, that is interesting. Yeah. Next bit. Um, the movie opens with a pre-title sequence consisting of the finale of the first Hammer Dracula where the Count turns to dust. The stated reason for this was that we needed to give everyone, everyone's memory a jog as to what had gone before. But the real reason was that the first cut came up short on screen time and this was the cheapest way to add the extra few minutes needed. All right. Okay. Do you believe that? that no, you know, I, you, I you, you, you would have to remind the audience? No, I, I could see... That's I don't. I'm not entirely sure. I, I believe the second bit either, though, that it was running short, because this is quite a long film anyway, and it's literally less than two minutes of reprise. Mm. So it's not. It's not like it. They were going. Oh my god, we we got another reel to do, and they went. Oh, just bung in the last reel. It's only a short sequence. Um, I could I could possibly see that they might have wanted to remind the audience, but realistically, this doesn't follow on from Dracula. So no. why would you need to remind people what happened? Yeah, um, and anyone who's strange, ever seen a Dracula yeah. film knows what happens at the end. Exactly. Yeah. So why why is this uh, why is this Dracula guy <laughs> dust? I don't think anyone's ever going to worry, are they? He um, died in the first one. Yeah. Yes. Mm. What? How could they carry on? Um, I, yeah, it's interesting. The so I've seen so many reasons as to why uh, they went went with brides rather than a continuation of the Christopher Lee Dracula, and a lot of them do centre around either Christopher Lee didn't want to do it, which I quite believe because he's been very vocal that he didn't want to do Dracula. That he was too ex he had a very expensive agent at the time that wanted too much, and that's why they ended up getting him with no dialogue because it was cheaper than having him speak, which I don't believe at all. That's not really how high-level uh, negotiation goes on no. with films. It does for extras, because there's stipulated amounts you've got to get in that, but not for headliners. Um, and one I've, I've sort of seen, which I've seen a few times, but I don't know how true it is, is that they didn't want to work with Christopher Lee because he was um, either... Uh, difficult to work with on Dracula or difficult in as far as he constantly wanted to sort of follow the books, mm. uh, which I can believe because he was, he, he was a big Bram Stoker fan and he did, you know, he eventually did that uh, Franco uh, film that based on, but, but yes. that, that just showed why you don't just adapt the book direct. Cause it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I could see it like that, but yeah, for whatever reason they, they decided to go with brides, which I almost chose as this week's topic, but it's such a weird little film. I think we'll yeah. keep it for that. Can keep, yeah, that All can right. keep. <coughs> I've got two more quotes from okay. from Jimmy. Right, one saying, uh, "Why did I decide to call myself John Sansom on the titles? 
I asked for the pseudonym to be used because I was fed up with gothic horror movies and felt that my career had moved well past this phase. It was a rewrite of something I'd done eight years earlier, a hangover from a time long gone. Since then, I'd done tits and swords, both for Hammer and other companies. I'd done half a dozen of my psycho-type movies, and I'd written and produced what I consider two of my best works, Taste of Fear and The Nanny. Right? I like and that he's in uh, horror movies. I don't want my name on that. Tits and swords. Yeah, yeah all right. <laughs> all right. Again, uh, one more quote from, from Jimmy. And again, hopefully I can make through it because this is a lengthy one as well. And hopefully this, that, that this you know, once and for all is, is definitive. Okay. Um, some people claim that I used my pen name because I wasn't satisfied with the final movie. They're wrong on a couple of counts. Firstly, I didn't even get to see the movie until it was ready for exhibition, with the screen credits already in place. And secondly, I thought the final movie was pretty good. It had a good storyline, it was well shot, the characters are all well drawn, and the cast did full justice to their parts. Terry Fisher directed in his usual competent fashion, and Bernie Robinson and James Bernard provided the sets and musical score that had become expected of them. I mean, with that lot going for you, what's not to like? Another point of controversy was why Dracula didn't have any lines. Ah. In the previous movie, the first Dracula, he had half a dozen lines at the beginning of the movie when he introduces himself to Jonathan Harker. He needed those lines because nobody knew he was a vampire at that time. I don't know if I agree with you. Everyone well, knows Dracula's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once his true colours were revealed, he never opened his mouth again except to suck blood. This time, we know exactly who he is when he first appears. He is Count Dracula, King of the Vampires, and vampires don't chat, so I didn't write him any dialogue. Chris Lee has claimed that he refused to speak the lines he was given. On the other hand, there's a story that Chris called Peter Cushing and told him he was about to do this movie, written by Jimmy Sangster, and he hadn't been given any lines to say. Peter told him to be thankful for small mercies. <laughs> so, so you can take your pick as to why Christopher Lee didn't have any dialogue in the picture. You can take my word for it. I didn't write any. So there you yeah. go. That's from I've the man yeah. who wrote the script. Yeah, which I, I'm happy to go with that because I've, I've heard that before, that the original script never intended Dracula to speak. So, yeah, the, the, the negotiations, Chris Lee refusing, Chris Lee turning up on set and just not doing a dialogue. Yeah, none of it rings true. But, no. I mean, I mean yeah. he was very derisive on his fan club because he used to write to his fan club yeah. um, while he was making all the films. And he, he used to slag the Hammer films off. Um, and um, may, maybe you know, the fact that he wasn't given any lines just made yeah. him even more you know, yeah. pissed off at having to do it. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what... I, I, I like that he says vampires aren't chatty. What would he have made of uh, Twilight and yeah, yeah. that ilk? Um, I, I sort of understand that. What would you have him? What would you have in this? What would you have Dracula? You know, sat with Clove going, uh, "What did you get up to when I was uh, dust then Clove?" Uh, um, but it would have been nice for him to say a few things. You know, yeah, when he seduces yeah. Helen, yeah, he could have had a couple exactly, of lines yeah. there, couldn't he? You know, yeah, I think so. Um, it would be interesting to to have seen a version with some dialogue in because it wouldn't need much, but it just comes across. Watching it now, it just comes across as like a bit strange. Yeah, and like I say, he's, Chris Lee isn't a great. He has a he has a presence, 
and I've said it before, but I don't think he's a wonderful actor. And right. his voice does a lot of the work. Yeah. And without yeah. the voice in this, you're you're noticing his facial performance and it's not good. No. I I I like his resurrection in this because oh, you it's know the resurrection sequence. That whole it, sequence <laughs> is one of my favourite hammer sequences. Yeah. It's amazing. And the fact that he, he, he he's resurrected naked is yeah. really good. And I tell you where you could have a line is you, you cut to him and, you know, Clover's finished dressing him and he just says, how long has it been? Yeah. And then Clover yeah, says 10 like years, yeah. something like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or All right. How, how many guests do we have? Yeah. What's for dinner? Now. Yeah. What's for dinner? Hey, you could, yeah, there's so many things you could do with it. A bit of English steak. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 you can't say steak in front of Clover. Yeah, you get upset. Yeah, what? I'm hungry, Clove. What have you prepared prepared for me? Oh, did you a steak master? A big you steak. fool! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> All right, let's go then, shall we? Let's yeah, get uh, let's start uh, off. in a preamble. Let's get in. At this lonely crossroad in the Carpathian Mountains. Four travellers find themselves abandoned at nightfall by a local coach driver who was afraid to go any further. There's no driver. A coach with horses that knew the way. A table laid for four. Was this kindly hospitality? Isn't your master joining us for dinner? No, sir. I'm afraid not. Is he indisposed? Why should a dead man be interested in entertaining guests? Dracula, Prince of Darkness, King of the Vampires. For ten years, his mortal remains were cherished by his faithful servant, awaiting the opportunity and a victim to provide the life force for the reincarnation of Dracula. A strange premonition warns the guests at Castle Dracula that their host is ready to receive them. I must kill him. He is already dead. He is undead, Mr. Kent. He can be destroyed, but not killed. You don't need Charles. So, as I say, we've got the prologue. So we'll, we'll, all, all I'll say about that prologue is you've got that strange mistiness either yeah, well, side because aspect ratios yeah um this is the first thing to say uh i think this was my first one of my first realizing of of sort of widescreen because it's it jumps at you the widescreen on this film yeah Ooh. um and i know a lot of critics at the time um 
Leonard Maltin, people like that, uh, thought that um, widescreen shouldn't be used for horror because it diminished the ability to have jump scares and that. And it's like, all I've got to say about that is uh, go and have a chat with John Carpenter. Yeah. Who is the master <laughs> of widescreen. Um, I don't, I'm not entirely sure the widescreen works well on a lot of this film because one of my complaints is when we finally get to the castle, the interiors are just very blandly lit and dressed mm. compared to the, the first film. Um, but yeah, the sepia smoke vision, I quite like that. I quite like that. I think it's nice to be reminded. I don't, I don't see what purpose it serves, but at the time just, that was the only glimpse we had of uh, Dracula, wasn't it? Yeah, they the just didn't film. want the black bars either side no. because that's in widescreen or Academy, isn't it? And yes, uh, yep. the film, is, as we say, is in scope. It's much the same as Mad Max 2. The beginning, you've got black bars either side. It all faces yeah. black and it pulls out the blower and suddenly we're in a spectacular scope, aren't we? Yeah, uh, so that's the way to do it. Make a feature of the fact that you're going into scope. Um, we also get a... Uh, uh, a voiceover narration from By the old father, father himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we learn that uh, uh, Dracula, uh, he had a reign of terror from the last film that was a hundred years long. So that gives us a bit of uh, a bit of the yeah, still uh, not backstory. specifying a date though. No. Um, it would be nice to finally get one. It um, would, yes. But, so but, yeah. Uh, so he, <laughs> presumably me. Dracula's been a vampire for a hundred years um which is a bit short isn't it because normally in in bram stoker's he's he was around sort of 15th century something like that yeah 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 vlad the impaler and yeah. all that yeah yeah definitely medieval yeah he also um, says um in in his time thousands of uh vampires were spawned by dracula where are they then where are they yeah mm. where they all go yeah so they buggered off that's where yeah. where, where they went um, so yeah, after the prologue, we're in Black Park, very recognisably. Yes, Black I got Park. in my notes. Black Park. Yeah, that tree there, <laughs> I call it the forty-five degree tree. Um, oh, uh, uh, yeah, it's definitely a forty-five degrees. It's it's still there. You, you, you know, I don't know how long ago would it have been? About ten years ago, I went to Black Park um, mainly to uh, play homage to UFO. And uh, yeah, when we reach on our Jerry Anderson show, the uh, yeah. the the, the um, the Sound of Silence episode of UFO, where the UFO is in the lake of Black Park. Paul Foster is right by the 45 degree oh, right. tree. So very famous tree, that. I like that you've uh, you've catalogued the trees in Black Park. Yeah. The, to be fair, the, we, see, we see Black Park so often that, yeah, you probably could. We could. I mean, we should start yeah. making a note of this because this track, these people are walking yeah. down. I don't know what, what, what their plan is, that they have to walk outside and stake this girl... Who's dead? Well, they're, um, they're, in in the open. Well, they're going to burn her outside because they say that they, she can't be anywhere near consecrated ground because they think she's a vampire, even though she's not. Um, so they they built a funeral pyre, presumably just in the woods somewhere, to go. Cause they're all a bit ashamed of it, aren't they? I like I quite like this sequence. Um, yeah, they, a girl has died, uh, and they sit for some reason they think she's a vampire, probably because she at one point said she wasn't doing a dad's washing or something that's enough to be accused of witchcraft and vampirism back then wasn't it so they, they're basically uh doing this procession to go and burn her which i'm presuming probably i don't know killed your 
soul or something some nonsense that everyone believes but what i love about this and it sort of sums up the church's attitude is the the vicar guy who i remember from doctor who he was in doctor who a lot of doctor who faces in this one yeah um he says to the mum he goes please give us your permission to do this and she goes no and he goes oh well we'll do it anyway yeah brilliant that's the church for you Anna. Um, yeah, but in comes the yeah. church with the fabulous oh, father sandor yeah, he's great on his horse Horseback with his rifle, rifle yeah. <laughs> he's, he's brilliant and he's immediately scornful of all of these people well they're fools he tells them yeah. you're all fools you know i've yeah. never known a priest like this have you no, no i lo- i love this i love this performance i i love this character he's just great but yeah he's immediately he grabs the film and he never lets go of it does he He's just he's just brilliant. Um but yeah, he's basically saying uh you know, you're all idiots. Dracula's been gone for years. Stop being superstitious. Um and then he he examines the girl. Do you imagine being this this actress and you hammer ring you up and say, We want you for one of our films. I'm gonna be a hammer girl. Yeah, yeah you're <laughs> gonna play a corpse. Yeah. Um don't try not to move, even though she does. There's a lovely close-up where she swallows. It's like, oh, yeah. she is a vampire. Uh, but he basically says um, he's very trusting. Any uh, sandals, he says, uh, um, "Don't be fools. Take her away and bury her in consecrated ground, and pray that I don't have reason to visit this area again." Yeah. Um, as you know, as soon as he wanders off, as you know, they don't just burn the girl again. Yeah. Well, he, he he frightens them, doesn't he? Yes. You know, he stands oh, up to yeah, that, that that the 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 priest. He goes, uh, yeah. "You're an idiot, father." Yeah. <laughs> I like it. He goes, "Should I take this up with the bishop? Not the bishop." It's <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> so, excuse me. That's that. And, and then we, we get cut... hammer in, hammer yeah. in. Yeah. Not hammering, hammer in. Yeah, we well, we thought we'd get loads of these, and we haven't had many yet, have we? But the thing is, we've got an inn. We've got an innkeeper, the same innkeeper from yes. last time, you know, Revenge of Frankenstein. But this guy's not surly. In, no, he's lovely. In the slightest. He's, he's really He's nice. a cheerful chap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, we've got four four sort of classic Brits abroad. Um, and I love this. I love these four. They're great. So you've got uh, Captain Scarlet. Yeah. Um, who's the young gadabout that wants to see the world and have fun. Uh, is a sexy young wife who uh, just seems to follow whatever he says to do. Um, you've got his uh, sister-in-law and his Helen. brother, Helen, and uh, oh, what was the brother's name? Alan. Alan. Alan doesn't sound a very, you know, Dracula Alan. thing. Alan. Yeah, Alan! 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 Uh, yeah. Um, well, I, I was quite surprised when we find out uh, Captain Scarlet and his missus are Charles and Diana. Oh, isn't that distracting? It's distracting. I mean, I mean it's they just, couldn't, couldn't be blamed course, for it. Yeah. Could, could, couldn't be, but uh, no. Charles and Diana are mentioned quite a bit yes. all the way through yeah. it. Oh, dear. And um, I love the fact that, yeah, Barbara Shell is in this. She's, she's Helen. And she's the classic Brit that thinks anything outside of England is barbarism they're amongst the heathens yeah oh 100 um i yeah i i used to have an aunt very much like this uh whose uh family decided in the end to move to australia and we used to get like uh, phone calls from her saying like she went up to the top of Ayers rock 
Um, and there were no toilets, no flushing toilets. <laughs> I was like, and when watching this, I always think of her because yeah, this Helen is like, don't don't talk to the locals. They think you're an idiot. They're just ripping you off. Don't eat the food. It's all greasy and smelly. Ah, uh, the beds are full of fleas. She's brilliant. Yeah. She is so she's prim yeah. and uptight. I mean, obviously, you can see what she's doing. They've yeah. made this character like this, so when the change, the change comes, yeah. Yeah. it is startling, you know? Yes. It's, but, it's yeah, really she good. is a total yeah. Brit abroad, isn't she? Yeah. And Alan, he's the least drawn of the characters, but we get get enough to go, okay, he's likeable. He's He just... He loves his wife, obviously, but he knows she's a bit of a harridan, and... He th- I think he finds her a bit embarrassing, but he loves her. So yeah, so it's th- these four people are just great, and I love it when um, Sandor comes in, and he's immediately he thinks these peasants are scum, doesn't he? He hates them. He says, to them, "What are you yeah. looking at?" <laughs> when it yeah. all goes quiet when yeah. he walks in, <laughs> and he, uh, I like it. He sort of he has uh, garlic all over, and he's like, "Do you think this would keep him out if it, if he was still alive?" Yeah. It, it's really good performance, and he he warms his uh, backside on the fire. That's brilliant. Uh, it's a great that... sequence because look at Helen's face when you're watching this. Look at <laughs> Helen's face. Oh, this is not how priests behave to her, is it? It's so so well done, and he's yeah he's he's immediately uh, he gives respect to the four English people. And they sort of say, you don't seem to like your flock. And he's like, I wouldn't have these cowards in my church. <laughs> I hate them. Um, but he's, yeah, he's sort of, he, he's, you know, genuinely interested in what they're doing. And he's given, saying, come and visit the Abbey. Until they mention Carlsbad. Yeah, we'd rather go to Carlsbad. We don't want to go to Kleinberg. Yeah. We're going to Carlsbad. And it's yeah. like, no, no, no. Uh, but if you do go, stay away from the castle. And Alan's immediately castle what Ooh, castle? castle there's yeah. no castle on the map classic yeah classic that castle can't exist because it's not on my british map <laughs> yes, yes it's brilliant um we also learn in this sequence that this is 10 years after dracula this yeah. is 10 years after the last film um which would help if we had a year but we don't so we're not entirely sure um what what do you think they're going to carlsbad for because they don't know the castles there, so they're not going to look at the castle. What, what I guess there's a hotel there. Maybe they're using it as a yeah. base to then go out somewhere else. But the first big question mark pops yep. up. All, all well and good so far, but but when the coach driver says, yes. you've got to get out here, it's yep. getting late. If I take you to Carlsbad, it's another two kilometres. By the time I get back, it will be dark. I don't want to be here when it's dark, right? Yeah. And... Uh, you know, he gets punched in. Uh, old Charles gets punched in the face, calling yep. him an idiot. Right? Um, we we know it's ten years since Dracula was killed. Yep. Right? Is this the first time in ten years that anybody has actually got near enough to the castle for what's just about to happen? To happen, I guess. I, well, so I, I was thinking this about because the the a. Um, so we know that the Dracula's castle is right by the crossroads, which sort of matches the original film. Cause we, you know, that's where, uh, where that little John shrine there. hid his diary. And that. Yes, so it's like, yeah. okay, I'll buy that. But it's two kilometers from Carlsbad. So why was Sandor? So don't go to Carlsbad. It's nowhere near the castle. No. If they'd have just gone to Carlsbad, they would have been fine. So I well, don't, maybe I don't, he's, yeah. 
He knows they would go on this route, and if they go on yeah. this route, they will see the castle. So the he has to yeah. warn them. Well, I suppose yeah, you, that's that's probably a good point that they might see the castle and go, oh, there's a castle. Let's go and visit that because we're British and we like castles. Um, but yeah, I understand what the coachman's saying because he's saying, uh, "I'm happy in daylight to drive past this crossroads." <laughs> yeah, mind. I'll come back tomorrow and get you. He yeah, says. but I'm not dropping you off in Carlsbad and then having to come back because by that time it's going to be dark at these crossroads. Hmm. But what does he think is going to happen? Because Dracula's been dead for 10 years. Yeah. I don't think Clove is waiting by the crossroads to kidnap people. Um, so I think he would be fine. So I don't know what the, the coachman's uh, worry is at all. Um, but it leads a yeah, nice little sequence. I like it when uh, um Charles goes, uh, oh, he's just a rob. He's just trying to rob us and steal our luggage. And he goes, mm, you can have your luggage. <laughs> Chucks it at him. Because yeah. they're going to stay in that little hut, aren't they, yeah, by there's the a side woods, of the road? hut just along from the crossroads. So they're going to stay there. I don't know who's putting up all these lovely um, hand-painted crossroad signs near a <laughs> castle that no one wants to be near. Yes. Very yeah. strange. But, yeah, so they're going to spend the night in this um, woodman, woodsman's hut. But a carriage turns up which they flag right. down and stop next and, question yeah go then. on it is this clove then has clove got like a telescope up at the castle and he, he can must see have, yeah them four being dumped there by the uh by the coachman it's like oh my time has come and somehow sends out the horse and carriage to go and stop by the hut yeah because we we find out later on that clove is a human. He's, there's nothing supernatural about Clove. Um, he's and Dracula's just, dead, yeah. so this is Dracula's Dracula so, doing it. Yeah. So, so anything he does, he's got to do as a human would. So, yeah, he would have to see the coach come in, see it stop, see the altercation, see them being left behind, and then go, oh, my God, I've got to get the coach ready. Or has he got the coach ready all the time? Just does in he, case somebody yeah, comes Just along. in case. Does he send the coach every night just in case this happens? Because if well, he's done this for 10 years, he's an idiot. Well, he says, doesn't he, at, at the dinner table, that his master, his instructions after he died was that the castle yeah. should always be open to visitors. So yeah. presumably, yeah, that's what he's doing every day. Every night. He's, he's on the making, lookout. Yeah. He's making dinner. Yep. He's setting the table. So when he sends that horse off, it's like, right, there's four. I've got to set the table for four. Because when yep. they get up there, yeah, it's all lit. The candles yep. are lit. Uh, there's you know, The fires have been lit. Also, and the table is set yeah. for four. But also, um, uh, uh, Charles says later on, what a magnificent meal. It was cooked to perfection. It was great. So presumably every night he he's got ready... Who's delivering all this stuff? Who's delivering all the food to allow this? Yeah, if people won't go anywhere yeah. near it. Yeah. Well, what's paying for all this? Yeah. And where was Clove in the last film? Was yeah. he at, perhaps he was out shopping. Um, and I can just imagine Dracula sitting down going, okay, Clove, if ever I get staked and turn to dust or fall <laughs> into sunlight, uh, I want you to keep the castle open. Just in case, because I'm going to need... Why didn't Clove just nip to the local village, kidnap a virgin? Yeah. He could have had it's Dracula going to happen a lot in future years. films, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, it gets to a point in later films where someone cuts himself shaven and that resurrects Dracula. So, yeah, yeah what is what is the game here? Um, but we do... I mean, 
it's one of those films where you can't really think about it too much. There's a lot of atmosphere. And I love this whole sequence where they go to the castle and it's open. Weirdly, for a castle, the front door opens into the banqueting hall. Yeah. The main dining room. It's like, that's generally not how big houses operate. But yeah, okay, we'll let you go. Um, I love that Dracula was also obviously a, a sword collector. Because mm. they've dressed every wall with swords galore. Yeah. Up on it. Um but yeah, they go in, there's uh four places set, which is unusual. Um and they go off and look. And they find Alan and and uh Charles. Well, uh, Charles, Charles finds the room with their luggage in. Yes. All unpacked. Yes. When did Cl- uh, Clove get the time to do this and dinner? Because <laughs> he's not supernatural. Maybe he's got a microwave for the food. Could be, yeah. Yeah. Um, none of this really makes sense, but it's a fairy tale, and I suppose so. Yeah. And and that entrance it. of Clove is a fairy oh. tale one. It's great. Yeah. I mean, the music's great. He comes in. He's all in shadow. Yeah. And, and he reveals himself. Who? Uh, um, did you know that every time that Helen screams, that's not Barbara Shelley? Is it not? No, that's her co-star, Susan Farmer. Apparently, she had a better scream. So that's Susan Farmer dubbing Helen there. Yeah. But it's it's a fantastic entrance of Clove. I love it because he comes in, you see a shadow. And then you see him and he's like all lit horribly. And they all start screaming, come down. And then he goes, I'm sorry if I scared you. Uh, It's it's brilliant. But what was he expecting? Yeah. Yeah. Walking in like that. Yeah. It's, uh, but... <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a great sequence, though. This whole, this whole beginning bit, because this this is basically Bram Stoker, and this is like Dracula's Guest, that spin-off yeah. chapter stroke novelette that was released after Dracula. Um, yeah, th- th- I love this sequence. This is this is to me this is this is Dracula. That's what I think of with Dracula. These these people go in there. Um, and they, they they have a nice meal, and then they go off to their bedrooms. I um, like it. I, I like the fact, like, even though, as you say, in the prologue, you know, there was a 100 years of reign of terror of Dracula and everything. Yep. Um, when they say, uh, when they find out, you know, that Clove's master is dead, they say, who was he? He says, Count Dracula. And they don't know who that is. No, no. Because I'm presuming, because they're British, they don't know the, the history of this. But Clove is quite cavalier with saying it's Dracula. So if if local people came by and this happened to, and did they not stay after that? When it, well, who is the mm. who is your master, Dracula? I do like the uh, when um, <coughs> Barbara Shelley says, uh, "Is your master going to join us?" And he goes, uh, "No, no, he's he's not. Available. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, that's great." I like all the way through it. Helen just wants to leave. We've got to go. Yeah. We must go. And she's we right. must go. She's right yeah. throughout this film. Everything she says is right. Yeah. And, and Be- they just totally ignore her. Yeah. I like that line she's got where she says, uh, there'll be no mourning for us. You know, yes. she's got this such a sense of doom. I'll tell you what made me sit up and go, oh dear. Oh dear. That's a product of its time, which is when Charles and Diana, they're getting ready for bed. And Diana says there was no one for her before Charles because she was a schoolgirl when they yeah, first met that, and it's like ooh yeah because yeah, um, she goes uh, she goes oh he he does the old um, 
hands over the eyes and he goes, uh, guess who? And she says some name like, you know, Johnny Humpernickel. And he goes, who's that? And she goes, oh, it was an old beau uh, from my life before you. And yeah, he goes, you didn't have a life before me. You were a schoolgirl in curls. It's like, mm. so you met her as a school. I know it was a different age, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that hasn't aged well, has it? No. Um, later that night, the, the, both pairs are in bed and uh, Helen's woken up. She can hear someone calling her. And this is where we get into the bloody stupid uh, decisions made by the yes. characters. We've already had one, which we didn't talk about, is when you have a riderless coach arrive, it might be an idea to get in it, you know, without yeah. questioning where has it come from and why did it stop right yeah. here, you know? Yeah, I suppose the, they were sort of thinking, you know, any port in a storm. But then as these things accrue, yeah, you start to think, well, they're just being stupid. I do. I must admit, I just, uh, one thing. I when when they're they're doing a dinner scene, one line that we didn't mention that I think is one of my favourite Hammerlines is when Clove goes, uh, "My master died without issue," in the accepted sense. I thought that was <laughs> that's great. That's old that's Jimmy saying, "Sure, isn't yeah, it?" That's good 100%. old Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Another very stupid move is they they hear a noise outside. They peer out the door, and there is Clove yeah. <laughs> pulling a trunk along the floor. Yeah. Right? So presumably he's doing this, so one of them will wake up and follow him. Yeah, I think so. Cause so it... he's no way of knowing that. No. And later on, the, the trunk, we get this comical scene where he's stuffed Alan's dead body in the trunk yeah. with really badly. So what was... This he must have been doing the trunk just so that they would wake up. What if they hadn't have woken up? Yeah. How long would he have waited and gone? Oh. Yeah. At what point would he be like banging drums and that? Because um, I thought we were going to get, uh, you know, like the uh, Laurel and Hardy murder mystery one, where yeah. the the butler just knocks on the door and says, "I suppose not." There's a phone call for you, but I thought he would use that. But yeah, he waits until. Um, uh, Barbara Helen wakes up Alan and says, "You know," and Alan decides to go and follow him. That's bloody um, stupid by yeah. himself. That's also bloody rude. stupid. Yeah, really rude. That is, you're in someone else's house. Their butler are carrying on. Do you, do you think like when you go to bed, the the, the staff just stands still? Yeah, he's got. You're going to go and follow him, him, are you? Yeah, it's just it's, it's a bit rude. But he follows him down to this. Uh, sort of crypt. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's even more stupid. Yeah, very stupid. But the stair, the staircase into the crypt is the same one from the original Dracula that was that door just outside yeah. by the moat. Yeah, by the front door, yeah. So is this meant to be the same crypt bit? Oh, uh, maybe. Is maybe. It, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, he sees, he goes in and um, Clove appears behind him and, and just knifes him to death. <coughs> Which is quite a shocking moment, but nothing to what we get later on with with poor Alan. I feel sorry yeah, for Alan. Yeah, it, it, it's a long, drawn-out scene, that. It, uh, yeah. And we see pretty much all of it. We, um, yeah. You know, the way he's strung up over the the thing there like that. I mean, I, I don't know. Back in, you know, January 66, did the audience guess? Why, well, why, why is this man hanging upside down? What, what What's he going to do? Yeah, well, I... Because if if did you have you watched the uh, trailers on the disc? 
No. So, you know, we, we think modern trailers give away too much information. That's not a, a modern thing, because the, the original 1960s trailer is on it. And literally, this whole sequence, it goes through in great detail, showing Alan getting killed, resurrecting Dracula. Oh, really? So it was like, oh, that must have been... Because re- it's a really great sequence. But I suppose it just so it shows you don't watch trailers, doesn't it? No. Um, but boy, boy, they pour on the Kensington gore, don't they? Oh, when it starts this... dripping down there. This is amazing. And it's shocking as well. And I remember the first time I saw this, I was quite shocked at it. Um, because, yeah, it, it, he strings up Alan and then cuts his throat and drains him into the the uh, the sarcophagus yeah. after having sprinkled Dracula's uh, remains into it. Um, I love the fact that Dracula's clothes have been folded up, put on a chair. Ready. Yeah, already. That's, yeah. That's good. That's good. Makes sense. And I love this uh, resurrection, all the dissolves. I like that meaty stage yeah. where it, it, yeah, over it's the really skeleton well there's all this, lumpy so. flesh. Yeah, because we, we're sort of used to, you know, um, sort of mixes and, and cross fades like this where stuff moves. Yeah. Like when they did, the, you know, the um, Wolfman in the universe. Yeah. Was now. But this is a really smooth, well done sequence. Yeah, I the camera's definitely it. locked off, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and my, my favourite touch, which is why I think Clove is probably quite a good servant to have, is before he lets the blood in and that, he's put a lovely little pillow. Yes, for his the, head. It's like, oh. Do you think he also placed the ring precisely where yeah. his finger is going to be? I don't know or, on this Or did Dracula really. put that on before putting his arm up? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. know. I... um. Back when I toyed with with writing stuff and that, I had actually written a a, a a sequel to my Space Monkeys novel, and it was going to feature Dracula. And I was it was thinking of this sequence, and I was going to do it where Clove resurrects Dracula, and he gets out, and his clothes are too big. It's like <laughs> what? And Clove goes, yeah, "I lost some of you." Because <laughs> how does this work? The dust. If you didn't go at all, does it make Dracula just a little bit smaller? Or does he like, where's my foot? Well, you might have an answer to why Dracula is just so daft in this film. Maybe yeah. a bit of the old brain matter brain had gone. Yeah, just, just, he couldn't sweep that bit up. He went, yeah. oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. A oh, bit no, stayed in the jar or gone. something. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a bit silly that while this is all happening, you've got a thunderstorm outside. It's a bit yeah. of a cliche, isn't it? Yeah, and, you didn't, uh, didn't need that. Um, I do like the, the next sequence as well, where Clove goes to get Helen, um, who is already preempted that she thinks something terrible is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and she's very fatalistic. But yeah, she goes. She goes with Clove down, and there's a great sequence where she sees Paul Allen, turns round, goes to go upstairs, and there's Dracky baby. Yeah, cue and another Sue, Sue Farmer scream. Yeah, yes. we are forty nine minutes in, and we finally get to see him, all grey skinned and all red eyed. Yes, very very red eyed. There's um a rather good sequence in the on the Blu-ray. There's a lot of um. Francis Matthews' brother's Super 8 film that he did behind the scenes. And there's one great sequence of them putting the contact lenses into Christopher Lee's eyes. Right. Um, by God, they're, they're, they're full-eye uh, yeah. contact lenses, the hard style. No wonder 
he had red puffy eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah, think yeah. they needed any makeup for that. So um, far, yeah, so yeah. good with the counts. Yeah, yeah, this got... is a good sequence. So far, he's been really scary. And he does the old classic uh, Baylor Lugosi of putting his uh, cloak yeah. to hide the facts. I don't know who's he, who he's doing that for. Unless Clove stood there watching. And he's like, I don't want Clove to see me eat me breakfast. Well, he's bashful in front of Clove. Yeah, he might be, yeah. Yeah. All right, so next day, well, we see the Count. He's asleep. Yes. Um, Clove, Helen, and Charles can't be found. Um, and uh, and I like how Charles and Diana go, all right, we're leaving then. Yeah. <laughs> they we they were going to go. We can't find me brother and his missus or the 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 creepy guy. Should we go? Should we, yeah. Uh, should we go? You get second thoughts when they get down to the, yeah. the hut, don't, don't they? This is, this is where the it starts for me the... Oh, okay, there's not there's not much to this story because we get a few a lot this whole sequence of I'm gonna I'm gonna take you to the woodman's hut and keep make you safe there, Diana. Then I'm gonna come back. Yeah, that's and it's like stupid. it's like over an hour's trip either way. And this is purely so that they can go from the next morning to well, we need Dracula up again. Yeah. To take but, the whole day. It, it's it's really filler this bit. Yeah. But what is Dracula and Clove's plan? If if Charles and Diana just go back to England, they've got Helen there. Yeah, you know. But what? But if they, what if they what wanted does Dracula to, do then? Yeah, because if Dracula wanted to to eat them, why didn't he do it the night before, or at least restrain them? Say to Clove, lock them in. You know, like Jonathan Harker. Yeah. In in Dracula, lock them in or something. But where is Clove? Yeah. Why well, he turns Clove? up, doesn't he? He comes along in yeah. the carriage and uh, and says to her, uh, Charles has sent me. Yeah. And he'll explain everything. And she accepts that without saying, well, what is going on? She just accepts it and gets back in the carriage. And so she goes back to the castle. Yeah, it, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. In the meantime, um, Charles has gone back to the castle and he's looking around and he finds the crypt. He finds goes the down. Trunk. Oh, that's brilliant. And he just looks over and there's a trunk with Alan's body and with just the arms sticking out. It's like clove. What? You couldn't <laughs> put the arm in. Because um, I presume this wasn't part of their plan for Charles to find the no the the thing. Otherwise, why wouldn't you just leave um, Alan hanging? Um, See, this is where you could have a dialogue because yes, night has yes. fallen now. Dracula wakes up, but he does nothing. No. He just faffs about. Yeah, you could have had really good dialogue where it's like, you know, you're in my power now. Uh, you will never leave. You could have had some nice stuff, but yeah, we get nothing. Um, and then all that filler of going to the wood, wood, woodsman's hut is gone because then Diana's back in the, the thing. And it's so that um, Diana can meet Helen. Yeah. And it's uh, well, a brilliant yeah. switch. Oh, it's this great. New version yeah, of Helen. the new Helen is she's suddenly liberated, sexy, she's all sensual. Yeah. yeah, you don't need Charles. Yeah, you don't. She need says him. to the. Yeah, you you've got my me. Friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, a great little sequence, and then Charles appears, and um, then Dracula appears. Oh my god! And it's like, I always forget yeah. just how bad it is when Chris comes in, oh, hisses. It's awful. Yeah. Barbara Shelley does this panto reaction to the hissing and Dracula runs down the stairs to drag Diana away. Yeah. And um, 
uh, Helen accidentally touches uh, Diana's cross and burns herself. And that's they realise, oh, the cross. There's a lovely little con- continuity error where Helen, uh, Diane, Diana's already holding the cross up before yeah. she realises it's the cross. But then Dracula does this thing where um, Francis Matthews grabs a couple of swords and makes a temporary cross. Yeah. And Dracula is meant to be scared of it. And he looks like he's just seen his dog it's shit embarrassing. on the carpet. Yeah, that... it's awful. When when Charles comes in and says, stop, this, this, this English tourist says to Dracula, stop. He looks so startled and scared. Yeah, but, That's uh, Dracula. Uh, yeah. You know? But, and the look <clears throat> he's got on his face, it's like he's accidentally farted and he's really yeah. embarrassed, you know? Can you imagine if he... He would have spoken. You have no sway over me, mortal. Blah, blah, blah. No, he just yeah. He looks like yeah. He looks like he's he thought he farted, but he actually sharted, and he's a bit embarrassed by it. You're right. It's a terrible performance. It's um, not good. No, and they, and they basically yeah. run away, don't they? And, well, and what what amazes me? They go to the door, but backing up, I've got the cross. And he throws the cross away at the door. Goes out, gets in the carriage. What is Dracula doing at that point? Yeah. Is he going, oh, well, better not, better not chase him. We haven't mentioned the shocking day for night filming. Awful, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. meant to be day for night, and that is not moonlight casting those shadows. No, no moonlight is that, that strong. <laughs> um, Hammer were never great at day for night, were they really? No. Um, but yeah, this is this is literally where you look at it and go, Hang on, is it still daylight? Why is Dracula up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, not very good. They um they head for far. Well, they 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 head off into the woods, don't they? And crash the coach like Egypt's. Yeah. Um, and then luckily bump into Father Sandor. Yeah, and they're taken to Kleinberg yeah. to his monastery. Yeah, yeah, and we we get a lot of uh, exposition then, don't we? From yeah, we find out Charles has read about vampires. Yes, and he gets filled in by by Sandor, um, and they that, he takes them off to show them Ludwig, who's basically yeah. Renfield. Isn't he's he? Renfield, yeah, he's Renfield, who didn't appear in the first film, so they kept him for this film. Um, Thorley Walters playing the same sort of parts Thorley Walters always played. It is so Thorley. This, yeah, this thing. it's unbelievable. Um, and it's a nice little sequence, but yeah, uh, Ludwig. Uh, stayed at uh, Clove's Castle, or, or stayed twelve at years Castle ago. Twelve years ago. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to see that story because what the hell was all that about? Yeah. Why, you know, did Dracula bite him or what? Dracula's obviously got some sway over him. Yeah. This this makes no sense because as this is happening, Clove arrives, says he wants yes. shelter, and they've said, well, you can you you can shelter outside, um, and. Sandor says, Diana must be sent away because Dracula has seen her, and if he sees a woman once, he must have her, you know? Yeah. Um, He's a bit, bit of uh, toxic masculinity there from Dracula. Yeah, but we get, we get the nice bit of info dump of, of the law, you know, running water, yes. um, you, know, you yeah, must be little, invited yeah, in, etc. Et yeah, we finally get the confirmation that a vampire must be invited in. And um, why... Why must they be invited in? And how does this work? Is it the the legal owner of the building? Is it anyone, anyone in the building? Where does the barrier cross? Could yeah. they could could Dracula get into your garden? And if if it's if he yeah. can get into your garden, 
what makes it so you can't come over the threshold to the house? If you've got a, a you know, a conservatory roof that opens, can you get in there? What this rule is? I've always hated this rule. Can he go in your shed? No yeah. Can you go if your shed's not attached to or your greenhouse? So yeah. your greenhouse isn't attached to your house. Can he go in the greenhouse? I don't know. Will written hmm. permission suffice? Yeah. Will a I... will a, a mat that says "Welcome in" or "Come in" <laughs> does that okay? Yeah, I've never liked this vampire thing. It makes no sense as to no. you know they can't can't cross this threshold. Um, I tell you what makes no sense as well. Old Renfield there, yes. uh, Ludwig. Um, you know he's mentally unbalanced, but he seems to have a hammer and chisel. Yeah, they say he's um, he's not quite with it. And he can be dangerous, but they give him yeah, a hammer and a chisel, yeah, um, which seems a bit strange. We get this, which I imagine in the script was a much grander sequence, is, is hilarious, where um, Helen comes to uh, Diana's window to tempt her in. And it's no Salem's lot. It's, it's not particularly well done. So Helen well, opens the window and Dracula appears. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we talk about Dracula appearing, I'm sure Stephen King had seen this yeah, do you reckon? because it, it's yeah. too similar to what we get in, in, uh, yeah. in uh, Salem's lot. But yeah, I mean, that's very good. Her at the window is very good, but then it's ruined, you know, because she opens the window to let Helen in. Yep. Helen lunges for her wrist and bites it. And then is pulled back by yet again, a hissing red eyed Dracula. Yeah. Who leers in through leers the window? In, yeah. I mean, that's all he does is leer. Right. It's my go. Yeah. I want to go. Oh um, dear. Yeah, it it it's a very very low rent vampire attack. To be honest, it's yeah. just very funny. Um, but yeah, they um, Sandor burns out. Uh, with a lamp, the vampire bite, which I think is the first instance we've seen of this, so he can can solve a vampire bite if it's not too deep i like this because this takes me back to my childhood always in cowboy films you get bitten by a rattlesnake yeah. you, you had to cut it out and spit out the poison yeah. and stuff like that yeah you know? john wayne was forever sucking on poison was he and spitting yeah. it out that was the standard thing which evidently is is not a thing to do it's a very very silly thing to do okay um, don't do that in real life yeah uh, sandor learns about the yeah. tinker Yes. They say there's a tinker who's just outside. Yeah. I wasn't informed. And he goes out of the carriage and puts crucifixes yeah. in their coffins. Which, which doesn't make any sense because either Clove just comes along and goes, yoink, and takes yeah. them away. They're never mentioned again. It's like, what? Oh, that's because Dracula and um, he's able to get into the coffin okay later on. Yeah, I don't know where Clove is while they're doing no, that. No, I don't know. Gone Hanging to the lavvy, I suppose. Tinkering. tinkering. Yeah. Um, we do get a, a, a brilliant staking sequence where they capture the monks off screen, capture uh, Helen and they take her into weirdly into Ludwig's room. I presume they had that set. I don't know why they're going to look Ludwig's room to do this. Um, I think you just answered that. Yeah, that's it. They just had it. And uh, we get a, a rather graphic staking. Yeah, I, um, and I saw that this is the first ever depiction of the staking of a live vampire. Yeah. Not yeah, one who's, who's just, sleeping. Yeah, they're asleep, aren't they? And you go, ah. But this is quite graphic. The blood is the usual uh, hammer, Kensington gore, isn't it? It's, it's not very realistic. 
but it's a it's a great sequence. I mean, Sandor, he's such a good vampire killer. One stroke, boom. Yeah, and done. that's in. Yeah, yeah, done. No messing. Yeah. No messing. And that's a beautiful shot of old Barbara. You know, when she's at peace. You know, and yes. the Emperor's oh, gone. And again, straight straight from uh, Bram Stoker, from Lucy, isn't it? Where she went from yeah obvious vampire voluptuousness back to old Lucy and this is again really good bit of acting as a corpse by Barbara Steele yeah um, Shelley Barbara Shelley yes, yes. yes. Barbara Steele yeah another, did, did you see that quote from Babs about you know when they were doing this she she accidentally swallowed one of her fangs oh no I didn't oh no yeah they had to give her a, a glass of salt water really and everyone looked away it's while she threw up in the corner oh, really? <laughs> to get it back and then put it back in <laughs> yeah. what a trooper oh, yeah. yeah she is a trooper so, <laughs> meanwhile, for some reason, Diana has been left alone. Yes. Right? Well, they meanwhile, do this in all these, don't they? Um, to be fair, they did it in Bram Stoker's original. But yeah, we, we want to protect the female. We know uh, this so female is the target of Dracula. Yeah. We know Dracula is wandering around. Yeah. Where, where is Dracula? Why have none of the monks spotted Dracula wandering down yeah. the corridors? In well, all I think the monks are so such idiots because they... They 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 were told by Sandor, um, tell me anything suspicious if any visitors turn up. And they go, well, he's only a tinker. He's got a hat on, so he must be all right. So presumably Dracula, they, they stopped Dracula and Dracula, I don't know, told him he was a workman. And they went, yeah, that's all right. But yeah, Maybe Drac- Dracula's wandering around with Clove's floppy hat. Could be, could be. But um, he, use, he uses his influence on uh, Ludwig... And Ludwig brings uh, Diana to Dracula, and then we get another scene uh, straight out of the book, which is in in the original Dracula book, where Dracula opens a vein in his chest and makes Mina yes. drink from it, uh, and he opens well, it looks like a paper cut on his chest, uh, but he don't he gets interrupted, so he hasn't got time to yeah. to, to get uh, Diana to feed. This is the point where you could have a line. Dracula yes. could say something to Diana rather than motioning, have a, have a sip. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't say have a sip, but there, you, yeah. you, you could have yeah. had a line there, couldn't you? Well, you could have had, you know, the great sequence in, in the novel where they confront him in the room and he's, you know, he's like, you, you would uh, play your mind against mine. I yeah. have commanded no great lines. There. You could have had something like that. Yeah. They burst or, open the door, and he's right instead of just a. <sighs> yeah, he could have just said that thing around your neck. Remove it instead yeah. of just pointing at it. You know. Yeah, yeah. it's been good. I mean, we we get a nice shot of him, Christopher Lee, kicking the window down. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, and then uh, that that's sort of it for the plot now, isn't it? Because. Dracula, presumably Clove has removed the crucifix from the coffin. Yeah. Dracula puts Helen in, uh, puts um, Diana, Diana in one coffin, in one. gets in he one, gets in and the then other. Clove buggers off. Yeah. And and Sandor knows they'll go for the castle. Yes. It's a day's ride away, but it will soon be sunrise. And somehow, yeah. I don't know how they manage, but they manage to catch him up and uh, and head them off. Yeah, they, they head him off just as he gets to the castle. Uh, and then the 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 wagon conveniently hits something and and the coffins slide out onto the frozen 
uh, a moat. But yes. have we seen that the moat was frozen before this? Not before. No. no, no, no. There's no indication that it's the middle of winter. No, it doesn't look very cold. No. We haven't There's said no that Charles shoots Clove, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, that's so, it. Yeah, Charles, Charles shoots Clove with the rifle, with Sandor's rifle. That's a nice, yeah. nice little sequence as well where Sandor hands uh, um, Charles the rifle and he goes, uh, this is for Clove, who's human. Because I can't. There's only I can only yeah. bend my vowels so far. That's yes. a nice little. Yeah, that's that's, that's nice. a really good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's almost sunset, isn't it? And Charles yes. runs down because he he wants to do it, but yeah. no, it's sunset and open the coffin goes and out jumps Dracula. Yeah. Um, I like the sound effects here. I mean, that obviously isn't ice, but we have no. the creaking noises. It works of the ice. for me. Yeah, it's it's really good sound design on this. Because they realise um, Helen is going to shoot Dracula and Sandor says that's no good. So she shoots anyway, but because she's a girl... She misses. She, she misses, you know, and uh, hits the ice. And again, we get a look from Christopher Lee where it's, he's meant to see it and be terrified. Oh. And it, it looks like, you know, someone's accidentally scratched his car. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. Um, but it gives Sandor yeah. the idea. Running yes. water, he goes, yeah. doesn't he? You yeah, know? A, a nod to a very old vampire lore, isn't it? That uh, running water, they can't... Well, orig originally it was they can't cross running water, but now they've turned it to running water will kill them. Yeah. Um. So, is a bath all right? Or, no, a bath would be okay. What about a shower? Yeah. Is that classed as running water? That's running water, yeah. Why yeah, would yeah, running yeah. water kill them? <laughs> Stake to the heart. Okay, I'll buy that. That kills most things. Yeah. Cut their head off. Yep, kills most things, apart from cockroaches. But running water. Maybe What's he. The... Maybe he's in a dust-like state, and yeah. um, you know, if he goes in running water, he'll dissolve. Could he'll be. turn back oh, to like dust. Oh, like an Al Alka-Seltzer. It was yes. that fizzing. Yeah, that would be good if there'd been a fizzing noise as he slid yeah. down. Um, it's um, unfortunate <laughs> with Blu-ray now, isn't it? That you can yeah. clearly see Eddie Powell when he stands yeah. in for Christopher Lee, and I love the vinyl. They just use black sticky back vinyl yeah. on the floor to d to uh, demark the. Uh, the cracks in the ice. Yes, it's very cheaply done. Um, looking at the behind-the-scenes footage, I think this sequence was quite rushed. There's a wonderful bit on the comment. I mean, the commentary is well worth listening to. I won't spoil stuff on it, but it's worth listening to. But there's one sequence where they're watching this being filmed behind the scenes on the Super 8, and Christopher Lee goes, "Yes, I, I remember doing the, the the going into the water. It was terribly dangerous." And, uncomfortable and blah, blah, blah. And then Francis Matthews goes, well, that's Eddie Powell. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, well, I did it first, and then they brought Eddie Powell in no. to do the pickup the shot. The close-up yeah. of, of Dracula going in is Christopher Lee, but that's yeah. that shot dry with that gimbal Yeah, exactly, thing. yeah. The it's long like... shot of Dracula sliding in is Eddie Powell because he nearly died because yeah. they hadn't realised that when he slid into the water, the gimbal would slam shut, he can't see where the air tank yeah. was at the bottom, so he didn't. He couldn't find where the air yeah. was. He almost died doing this. We would have had no alien if oh, if that, that been the Eddie, yeah. uh, Eddie Powell. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love the fact again. Once again, Chris Lee just cannot accept that it wasn't him did everything. But in it, it's a yeah. collaborative effort to get yeah, that character up on screen. Um, but yeah, so the, Dracula ends up falling into the water. Uh, under the ice, and they all go, Well, that's that then. Yeah. 
Hang on, no, do you want to check? Come here. I sure. love that shot. I always forget that shot, that really eerie shot of that face under the ice. Yes. I've never yeah. seen anything written down who sculpted that and no, what I don't know. that it's, was. Yeah. It doesn't look anything yeah. like Christopher Lee. It was it's me, really quite Lee. I, I had to hold my breath for 18 hours. <laughs> yeah. I was taught it in the SAS, you know. Um, <coughs> yeah, great, great sequence. And um, that's it. The, the credits roll. We don't really get any... Uh, any sort of wrap-up scenes. Hammers nope. didn't seem to like them. It was like, yeah, the vampire's no, dead. It's it. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone's leaving the cinema already at this point. Well, um, it was an hour and a half, wasn't it? You yeah. need that because then you can have a three-hour double bill. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing how that dictated the length of a lot of films. People think yeah. it's art. <laughs> it's like, no. Some, sometimes I think that does help. You know, yeah, a lot uh, of films are just far too long, especially far these too. days. Oh, God. You know, yeah. Christopher Nolan, I'm looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so, uh, I, I mean, you know, our adversary is, is Dracula, so we're going to yep. vote on him. But I thought, because we've already talked about Christopher Lee, I thought today we would talk about the actor who played Clove. Oh, uh, Philip Latham, yeah. Philip Latham, yes. We know, of course, from Doctor Who, he was Barossa. He is Barossa in Doctor Who. Uh, I, I guess when Barossa first appeared in Doctor Who, played by Philip, you went, that's Clove. Yeah. Or it's had Clove, you seen Doctor is... Who first? No, well, it was it was he he played it in the um, the Five Doctors, but no, I'd I'd already seen this, so I thought, oh, that's right. the, the Hammer guy. Right, I'm sure okay. I've probably seen him in a couple of other things as well. Very well known face, good actor. Yes, yeah. He, yeah, he's got a great face, and just like we were saying um, last time with old Michael Gwynn, um, you know, he he was very good playing stiff upper lip British officers, yes. you know, in war films. Um, uh, before the war films, uh, uh, he was born in 1929 in Essex, um, retired from acting in the 1990s and withdrew completely from public public life. He, he didn't uh, want anything to do with public life. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, things that weren't Hammer. Uh, he was in the Dam Busters. Oh, what a surprise. Right. As a flight like sergeant. That, yeah. um, he was in The Adventures of Robin Hood. Um, he was in an episode of The Saint, The Avengers. He was in UFO Oh, as a character called Blake, but I really don't remember him. Blakey. We've got to look yeah. out for him, Blakey. Um, those UFOs out. Yeah. What a surprise. Force 10 from Navarone. He oh, was God, in that. Yeah. Uh, and the professionals. They're um, uh, ones we know. And his hammer time is four. Uh, first one is the Devil Ship Pirates, right. where he plays a miller. Uh, then the Secret of Blood Island, where... Right. He played a captain, not a, not a stretch. Captain Drake in that. Then here, Dracula, Prince of Darkness, and they only, he was in one episode of Hammer House of Horror, the TV oh, okay. show. All right. Um, before we get on to the voting, I've got some more quotes now because right. I'm sure you remember uh, Father Sandor lived on in the yes. House of Hammer magazine did, yeah. in the comic strip to begin with, drawn by John Bolton, the brilliant John Bolton. Yeah, uh, I remember... Uh, um, really enjoying them. They are excellent. It yeah. all it starts Hammer in the Hammer universe, and then they they just expanded, yeah. and you had demons and you know other realities and stuff like that. But they were all incredibly moody, and I I haven't read them for a very long time. They they could do with collecting. Um, yes. Of course, yeah. They that he, he was renamed Shandor, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. I'm not but, sure why. Well, I've got the answer oh, because I've got a quote from Des Skin, you know, the creator of House yeah. of Hammer. 
He said, uh, I so adored the idea of Father Sandor, who I found far more charismatic as a bulwark, bulwark against evil than dear old Professor Van Helsing. Why Shandor and not Sandor, as listed in the film's credit, you may ask? The short answer is simply phonetics. The name is, of course, short for Alexander, so I guess we could have called him Father Zandor, which is actually far more dramatic, but too big a leap from his cinema spelling. We just didn't want readers calling him Father Sandor, and as most were too young to have seen the film or stay to read the end credits, we opted to make him our own with a unique spelling of his name. Oh, so it wasn't copyright or anything. It's just that they right. decided to. Do. They want to make it their own, and he says uh, because I had big in ideas in mind for him, he was just too damn good to be a one-off fill-in when Peter Cushing couldn't reprise his role as Dracula's nemesis. So just as we as we had with Captain Kronos earlier, I wanted to continue featuring Shandor in print in all new stories to give an additional dimension to the magazine, and continue we certainly did, as well as Shandor's three solo appearances in House of. Uh, of Hammer thanks to writer Steve Moore and new series artist David Jackson our demon stalker went on to be the only character to appear in all 26 issues of my 1983 launched anthology Warrior Okay, oh, right. and they are great yeah. yeah no they're great and um, Warrior magazine is fantastic um, yeah, and, 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 and Des does you know uh, produce collections from time to time I'm, I I it would be nice, you know, they say Hammer is back and, you know, they obviously would need funding. But, you know, going to into business with, you know, um, Des and, and, and produce a, a, a lovely collection of the collected that Father Shandor stories, yeah. you know. And you were saying at the top of the show about, you know, um, resurrect Sandor. Well, yeah, you could bring him back on a streaming service, a TV show with him, you know, each week going up against some you know, baddie, couldn't you? That would be brilliant, yeah. He, he, like a he's, Nicole Jack he's got sort potential, of character. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, I'm going to take a sip of water and then we're going to get into the votings, all right? Okay. I have sipped. Um, so I thought today we would, uh, we've got to vote on Dracula. Right. I thought we could also vote on Clove. Yeah. And Helen. Evil oh, right. Helen, Yes, that that's is. true, yeah. Vampire Helen, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So this will be our first vampire that's not Dracula that we vote on. So who do you want to discuss first? Clove, Helen or Dracula? Uh, let's build up to Dracky, baby. All so right. let's do Clove first. Clove. All right. Now, out of 10, the design of this fella. Um, he's classic uh, scary butler any no one would ever want a butler that looked like clove no. in real life would it it would it'd be so creepy he always reminds me a bit of um uh, uh fraser from dad's army when yeah. he's in his funeral get up the yeah. miserable morose face but i i love I, yeah i i when we get onto the, the actual performance but design wise yeah he's he's classic uh i'm gonna give him a seven okay i gave him an eight so that's uh, seven and a half. All right. That's good. And then how effective is he? Um, he works so well in this. I wish he had more to do. Um, he is basically, yeah, you're right. Stephen King must have watched this because he is, uh, uh, he is the James Mason character. James Mason, he? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, who, again, he steals Salem's lot. And I think Clove steals this. Uh, he's great. He's he's suitably creepy. 
He's he's wonderfully uh, dry witted um, and obsequious at the same time as having no respect for these people. He's that wonderful British thing of being able to say yes, sir, and mean go screw yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, I'm going to give him stuff. I'm going to give him a ten. A ten, blimey! I think he's brilliant. Okay. Well, I I'd stayed with eight. Okay, so that's no, nine. Okay. He does come back, doesn't he? But played by Pat Troughton. Exactly. Yeah. Unless he's you know the brother or yeah. something. Okay. All right. That's a final tally of eight point two five. I'm okay. not going to round round numbers up in this show because I think no. that 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 third digit might actually might, be crucial yeah. later might on. Do, yes. Yeah. We're get a lot of a lot of characters, aren't we? Yes. So here we go then. Uh, Helen then. The design Helen, of yeah. Helen, the well, evil yeah, Helen. The evil is. Helen. Well, she's all. She goes from prim and proper to uh, cleavage and diaphanous nightgown. Classic Hammer. So yeah, it it it's a good design. I like it. It works for them. Uh, it's something for the dads, I suppose, as Doctor Who would describe it. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm, yeah, I'm going to give her a seven as well. Uh, yeah. Well. You... As well, I haven't said seven, but I was going to say seven. Oh no, I didn't. So, I give Clove seven. I don't know. I oh, can't. sorry. I thought you meant as yeah. well as me. Yeah. No, no. I, no, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I agree on a seven. And yeah. how effective is is she? Uh, I I really like her performance. She's great. Um, she does come across as very different. There's a couple of reactions. Yeah. With Christopher Lee that just knock knock some points yeah, off though. I agree. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna give her uh I'm gonna give her an eight for effectiveness. And so have I. Yes. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like oof Yeah, so ooh that is panto acting. When yep. he first appears, you know, and, and she puts her arms up like that, it's like oh dear, yep. oh dear. Like, yeah. All right, and, and here we go go then. Uh Dracula. Um, His look. The look well it's classic Classic Hammer Dracula. It's not really changed. Um, the eyes are good. I like the red eyes and the contact lenses he's wearing in this one. Um, so design-wise, I yeah, I I think it's a classic Dracula. Nothing wrong with it. So I'm I'm going to give the design an eight. I gave it a nine because it's still consistent. Yeah. I think it, there's a bit of an overuse of the red. Uh, eyes, but you yeah. could say he's just been resurrected. Yeah, he's, so he's, he's like hung over. Exactly. Yeah, he needs his fix, don't he? Yeah. All right. That's eight and a half on design. Now, how effective? This is where is it gets Chris? difficult because although it's the same actor, the same character, um, he's just not as threatening in this. I say it's a bit of a hole at the centre of the film. His it misses out. I, think, I mean, I never thought I'd say this. It misses out on having Christopher Lee's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, some of his reactions, I think he must have been playing it up because he didn't want to do it. Um, his yeah, his demise is a bit oh, running water. It's not, mm, it's not great. Um, so I, I think it, this is not a particularly good outing for Chris Lee as Dracula so I, I'm going to give him a six as high as that no I have five drop a it to five. five yeah I gave it a three wow because it's it's yeah. shocking those that those um you know those uh reaction shots are just terrible yeah, they're terrible I mean 
the the resurrection is good. He's good in that and the next scene. So I think he does. There's a couple of scenes where he does work, and you get, oh, that's the old Dracula. But yeah, it's yeah. Five, I'll, I'll go with five. I think five. A five. When no, did I actually, say that? you said three. I'm going to go to four. A it's three. all over the place, but yeah, I'm going yeah, to go to three four. and a. So that's a three and a half. Yeah. All right. So that's that plus that equals that. All right. That's a six. Dracula is a six. Yeah. Oh, blimey. Dracula is less than Helen and Clove. Which I think that that's right. He's not the he's not the impressive villain in this. No. You know, I'd much rather I'd much rather he hadn't have appeared and it was um you know, just uh Barbara Shelley. Yeah. <coughs> I, really, it, but... I really like Barbara Shelley in this. You know, everyone talks about hammer films, you know, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing. I mean, I know she comes back for the Gorgon. But yeah. she could have been the main female, yeah, you know, definitely. hammer star, couldn't she? Yeah, they 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 needed a consistent. I mean, we almost got it in um, Ingrid Pitt, didn't we? Yeah. But yeah, she could have been the the third in that little group. Yeah. yeah Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and uh, Barbara Shelley. That would have been great. Yeah. yeah. All right. So putting them in their caravans, right? Helen the vampire. Uh, is at number 7.5. She's all by herself. Oh, okay. All right. So presumably at the window, trying yeah. to entice people to come across. As they're going past the caravan, she's beckoning them. Yeah. I've the got near... the sky. Come and have a look. <laughs> all right. That's that's her. Um, Clove is in a caravan all by himself as well. All right. I wonder if okay. he'll lay out dinner every night. Just in case in somebody caravan, passes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, could could do. The nearest to him, oh boy, the the nearest person who might be walking past is Giles Barton from Lust for a Vampire. Oh, no. Yeah. You'll have him strung up and drained in no time. Yeah. And uh, Dracula himself, Yep. can I say last time, the other Dracula, Dracula Dracula, is at the top of the holiday camp in yep. Caravan 9.7. This Dracula is in Caravan Number Six, which he is sharing oh. with Mehmet Bay from the oh, Night right. and Robert from Fear in the Night. Oh right! Oh well, so he's got a bit of company, but yeah, it's not—it's not one of Chris Lee's finest moments, is it? No, one? no, not at all. Um, time and place, yeah. Carlsbad and Kleinberg are somewhere near Klausenberg and Karlstadt, um, but we don't know when. Um, and now top tens. Uh, this is the 10th film. This is episode 10. Right. So this is our 10th film. After this, when we, uh, you know, put films on this list, films start dropping off the bottom. Yes. Okay, we'll so this is our 10th, yeah, our 10th story then. Uh, yeah. Shall I do the usual start from the bottom and work the way up? Yeah, because this is... Although we've just spent however long an hour ripping into this, uh, I do have a lot of nostalgia fondness for this. And it is one of my go-to watches when I fancy a hammer before starting this podcast. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely in the top ten. Let's 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 go from bottom. Okay. Up. So, number nine is Stranglers of Bombay. It's a lot better than that, yeah. Okay. The one above that is Revenge of Frankenstein. Yep. I prefer it to that. Uh, next is Fear in the Night. Yeah, I think I prefer it to that. Uh, the next is The Hound of the Baskervilles. Yep, above that. Uh, next is Lust for a Vampire. Yep, above that. 
The next is The Curse of Frankenstein. Mm. No, I think we're hitting the big hitters there. So above lust, but below curse. That's exactly where you is and it? I have both got ours, and that's oh, exactly right. where I put mine as well. So yeah. it's I, number I five it, for both of I, us. I couldn't knock some of the classics off the top for it. Because no. I'm, I'm it, aware of its limitations. It would be a lot higher if old Dracula had been better. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. can you imagine this? Instead of Christopher Lee, we get Mike Raven. <laughs> <laughs> Trying about. That would... <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, we're almost done. Uh, just uh, before we talk about what we're going to talk about next, uh, I've got a couple of iTunes reviews. Oh, excellent. Okay. Both I from, well, reviews. one from January, one from February. So thank, thank, thank you, uh, iTunes reviewers. Um, both given us five-star reviews. Which oh, is great, and and as we always say, yeah, um, yeah, giving us a, a star review and a review bumps us up the list on iTunes. Yeah. So if somebody fancies listening to people waffling about a Hammer film, we're we're more likely to be noticed. So thank thank you for your input. The first one from last month uh, from Jungle Predator. Oh, now is I that don't know a if Jungle is Predator or the predator the Jungle the Predator? Jungle, yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, it says. It can't be because it would mean he would be sat there in a pub because Jungle Predator says it feels like you're sitting in front of two guys at the pub with a couple of pints talking about childhood TV and films that made you enter other worlds of British imagination where you would laugh, scream and sometimes be traumatized for life. Check out their other podcast shows. Oh, that's very so, nice. And that thank is you very much. We, uh, way back in the midst of time when we started doing podcasts, that was what we wanted, wasn't it? To be yeah. the people in the pub chatting yeah. about nonsense there's no pretense with this no, is it? No, this no, is us no. being genuine yeah you know? this isn't any sort of deep critical evaluation no you're never going to get that you know no. uh and then crg1819 um, that's a very memorable name yeah from three days ago oh i can see at the end his name is chris so thank you chris another great show followed you guys from the beginning and love the banter and the detail you put into each episode can't wait to see what's next chris so oh, thank, thank you, Chris. Chris. Thank you for staying nice. uh, for the long haul. <laughs> when he says, can't wait to see what's next, let's discuss what's next. Yes, because it's don't my know. choice. Yeah. It's my choice. I'm and, just hoping uh, I've got it. <laughs> well, the, the reason I've chosen it is because I know it's a Hammer film you've never seen before. Right. Oh, dear. Uh, no, don't old dear. Because well, that means I probably haven't got it. I know you've got it because I oh. sent it to you. Oh, okay. I yes. know what this is then, yeah. Yes, it is the damned. Right, this is Ollie Reed. I know I've nothing. I don't even. I've not even really read the back, other than I know there's some of those wonderful 1950s delinquents that were aged 40 and wore suits. Yeah, there's a lot of that. People. There's a lot. Yeah. Please, please, Ian, don't even uh, read the back. I'll, all right, I'll, I'll don't do any research. Blind, yeah. Look, read the back. Read all about it after you've watched it. But I, right. I, I would like, much like we're doing on Patreon with the Star Maidens uh, yes. thing, I, I, I would love to know your reactions to certain yeah. things in that film. Oh, all right. right. Okay. Yeah, so that's like, what we're doing, uh, The Damned. Yeah. I quite like some of uh, Oliver Reed's early performances when he actually put some effort in before mm. his... Um, before he became Oliver Reed, basically. Yeah, yeah he, before he became the... Uh, the caricature that was Oliver Reed. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I, I quite like some of his films. I remember Hannibal Brooks, great film. Yeah, He's yeah. good in that. Uh, the Wolfman one, he's really good in that. Yeah. So, oh, right, yeah. excellent. That's good. 
Yeah. So not only have you chosen the film, you've supplied it. So I've well, supplied it as well. Yeah. yeah. Did that mean you've got it on Blu-ray now? Yeah, I. Uh, you, you know the um, uh, whatever the film company they had a, like like a sale before Christmas. Oh, was it where Arrow, Arrow or Arrow or something? Yeah. yeah, and and it was like three three Blu-rays yeah. for fifteen pounds, and it's like well upgrade time. So that's why I sent you my oh, old excellent. Region One DVD. Okay. Ah, excellent. Yeah. Oh no, that's good. That's really good. I'm, I'm I'm quite enjoying some of these hammers that I've never seen before. That yeah. I would never. Never in a million years would I go and seek them out, sort of thing. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? It's it's a it's a flip of what we do with Doctor Who. You've seen is, every yeah. Doctor Who, and I haven't. Yeah. So it, now yeah. this is a flip. Yeah. You've, yeah. you've probably seen a lot more Hammer stuff than me. I think I have. Yeah. yeah. I guess, Especially I the uh, yeah. the lesser known ones, you know. Yeah. 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 All right. <coughs> right. I'm getting out of there. I can feel my cough coming back. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so jo join us in two weeks for the Damned. All right. The Damned, yes. Um, yeah. Not the uh, Michael Sheen film. No, I, I, as I said it, I had you, you said about Alexei Sale earlier, I had an image of the Damned on the Young Ones. Oh, yes, yeah. You know, gr doing Grimly Fiendish as Alexei Sale was the vampire. Yes. It yeah. comes back on pass on that trolley. Yeah. That's yeah. a good performance, that is. Yeah. It's yeah, a good yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah. Nasty. But is it better than the Hammer well, version of the Damned? Well, we'll talk about that um, next time, all right? Good stuff. All right, let's get out of here. Okay, nice see you, Ian. See you, Thanks, listener. Man. Thank you, iTunes reviewers. Yes, thank you very much. Right. Bye. Cheers then. Right, bye-bye.